the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will have me behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. If I was gonna pick a topic today, it would be how are you discerning? How are you discerning? I looked up the word discernment. Having or showing great judgment. We're going to be talking about a family in the Bible. And we're going to see what God is going to do and how he's going to orchestrate things. And we're going to be talking about Isaac. And I looked up discernment. And my title would be, if God gave me a theme, it would be, how are you discerning? How are you showing good judgment? And it said, what does the Bible say about discerning? Discerning is the ability to properly discriminate. I said, wait a minute. Or make determination. It is, it says, related to wisdom. The word of God itself is said to discern the thoughts and intents of one's heart. Hebrews 4 and 12. It says a discerning mind demonstrates wisdom and insight that goes beyond what is seen and heard. And one of the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost power is discernment. And the church does not have discernment nor faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. And it's impossible to activate something that you don't have faith in. So they're going around quoting words, but they don't have no faith to back it up. So therefore, there's no anointing. There's no manifestation. There's no signs and wonders falling behind what people are doing in a household of faith. I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to Zion. And I looked up the word discriminate, and I got some other definitions that came out. Recognize a distinguished Different, it says differentiate. Perceive or constituted the difference in or between. Recognize a distinction. Differentiate. And that's the thing about it is you cannot do these things because you're fleshly. It's more of you than God. So if it's less of God and more of you, you're discerning or discriminating based on your flesh. Not based on what the Holy Spirit is saying. And I tell RWM all the time, one of the things about it is the reason why you do not listen and hear the voice of God, you're too busy being churchy or religious minded, but you're not being spiritual. And it's killing the household of faith. And God is going to continue to move and manifest himself. But because he's looking at Zion, and Zion is not demonstrating the faith that they need in this hour, he's going to have to get people from out of the Jordan and clean them up. And they're going to prophesy. And you're going to sit there and eat what God is saying. And you've been in a house for years. And you cannot even demonstrate and bring the word of God. And I want 
want you to see this. Genesis, the 27th chapter. Jacob claims Esau's blessing. I'm going to be probably reading the whole thing, but you have to come with me. Now it came to pass when Esau was old and his eyes were dim that he could not see. That he called Esau his older son and said to him, my son. And he answered him, here am I. And he said, behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now, therefore, please take your weapons and your quiver. And I looked at the quiver. It says it's something that they hold the arrows and the bows and the darts and the javelins in. It basically like a basket or, or, or a sack or something. And your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And he's and make me a savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may, may bless you before I die. He's setting it up. He says, son, go ahead. And he's giving him directions. And that's one of the things I keep telling RWM. It's all in the directions. And when you cannot, I'm going to tell you something. It's hard for you to think that you can add on to what God is saying. When God tells you to do something, you have to do it exactly the way God says it. And like Pastor Brody said, when God shows you a vision, you tell it as a vision. When God shows you as a dream, you tell it as a vision. You don't add nothing to it and you don't take nothing away. And a lot of times, we put our thoughts on what God is saying. How are you discerning it? How are you discriminating it or making your determination? What is it based on? First Thessalonians tells us that we are three-part being. And if you are not allowing God to govern you, you have nothing at all. It's got, you got to understand what, this, what is going on. You got to understand why the church is not fulfilling God's plan because they got all of their theology. They got everything they see on Facebook. They got everything they see on YouTube. They got all of these instruments. All of these things are telling them what thus says the Lord. When I look on YouTube and I see people got a word from the Lord, I do not listen to that because I can't hear another prophet and my own self at the same time. That means I'm going to take what they say and say that's God. The mind is very tricky. The only word you need to be hearing is the word of God. Reading the Bible and God will always confirm whatever he's saying if that's what he wants for you. Some people don't need confirmation. All they need is to hear the voice of God and knowing how God works and uses with them. But you cannot know how God works and uses you if you're all over the place. Your mind is always being torn. Your mind is always going through a problem and a struggle. You have no organization. You have nothing in your life that's governing you. You just govern your own and you put God in it when you want to. God said you will not hear my voice. I shut up heaven for a season before I release it. And the word of God tells you that a famine is coming. Not for food, bread, or water, but for the word of God. And take that thing personal. Because God's work is going to go on, but you will be in the midst and not even have a word from God. The word will be going forth and you'll be all over the place because you're mine and you cannot come in and allow God to come in and deal with you when you're supposed to. Then you go right back out the door and you're doing the same thing over and over again. Let me tell you something, them trials are getting harder and harder. We're getting closer to the end time and it's going to be hard for you to get yourself free because now when the time and the table is spread, you need to eat at the table and get what you need from God. How are you discerning it? How are you discerning it? 
looking at it. You can't be looking at this like what your mama said or what somebody else said. If you ever notice when a person is backslid, they're always going backwards. They're not hearing God now. They're referring to what God said backwards. And God is trying to progress us forward. Genesis 27. Verse 5. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it there. I'm going to tell you something. Even I'm jumping ahead. But when she's dealing with Jacob, she has him to go into the barn or something and get the food. We're going to deal with that. See, it's different. You got to hear and obey God. But a lot of times we don't understand when we start plotting and playing it. Hmm. It's not good. So Rebecca spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I hear your, your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me gain and make, it says, and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the field and bring me from there two choice kids of the goat, and I will make savory food for them, for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall take it on your, take it to your father, that he may eat it, and that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, look, Esau, my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will, says, will feel me, and I shall it says, seem to be a deceiver, deceiver to him that I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. Listen what he's saying. He's already knowing what is going to be the cause of it. But you don't understand how you plotting and plotting stuff. You got to understand what is going on. And a lot of times you plotting and planning your life, but it's not it's to your downfall. Because God does not do anything deceitful. But you got to see what's going to happen. It's a very dangerous thing when you plot to deceive. You got to see this. And then I speak to all the mothers out there. You want to put one child against another. And then you done bust this child up and then the other child. And then you want to know why you got turmoil. It was turmoil in this house. But his mother said to him, now this is what God mean. Let your curse be upon me. My son, only obey my voice and go get them for me. She did not care what it cost. For you to take on a curse. That's not good. She is so busy plotting and scheming. Her and her son are having a conversation. And that's something about it. 
You ever notice when Satan get in you, he gives you every detail, but when it comes down to the things of God, you can't hear nothing. You don't know no details and no nothing. It's like when you were out in the world, even some people in the church, they can plan it down to every day, knowing what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, react to it, and it's saying, see, but that's Satan talking to you because he's a deceiver. He's going to make sure he reels you in. And it seems like the more detailed he is, the more involved you are with it, and you're saying, this is God. That's the way he tricks us. That's the way he connives. That's the way he captivates us. Because we're women, we're captivated by words. Men, they're captivated by what they see. Fourteen. And he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebecca took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau which were with her in the house and put them on Jacob your, her younger son she favored him listen at what she's doing there's something else that's governing what she's doing and do you see how Satan reels other people into stuff and you talk to that person and they, Jake, Esau, Jacob is saying, wait a minute. That's deceiving my father. That's going to bring a curse on me. But they keep right on talking, keep right on talking. Say, don't you hear no voice? Hear my voice. Follow what I'm telling you to do. You need to see this. And he went and go and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory food, such as his father loved. Then Rebecca took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skin of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. They're plotting. Then she gave the savory food and the bread which, it, which she had prepared. Do you see this? She prepared the food for him. See how far we go to get what we want? Deceiving her own husband. You got to understand something. She's deceiving Esau. And she's putting her son before, the, her, before his father and her husband. I'm going to tell you something to women that want to be married. Be careful what you do in your house. It can cause turmoil for many years. It can bring division for many years. Listen at everything that is going on. She had prepared it. It says, into the hands of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, my father. And he said, here am I. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. 
See, a lie keeps going. It, it's going to continue throughout the whole process. High it starts, it's high ends. And you need to understand this. You need to see this. You got to be careful how this stuff plays out. You got to be careful what you do. If a relationship stops in a lie, it's going to end in a lie. And you got to continue to play it out. This is why we need to understand about our lives and about the shape and the condition that it's in. You can't look at it now. You got to look and see where it started from and then go to repenting. But we don't want to repent. We want to live through the lie and the shame and embarrassment. We need to see this. God will cover your shame and lie for a season, but then it comes to a season that God will not cover it. But during that time he's covering it, he's giving you an opportunity to make things right and giving you the responsibility. But when God comes in, it's not good. It's going to be his way, and nobody can stop it. And a lot of times it ends in heartbreak. It ends in pain because it started out a lie. How are you discerning it? Are you showing good judgment through all of this? Look at your life. Look at how everything is played out. But we're trying to keep going through the pain and the suffering. But yet you never recognize and see what hand you had. All you see now is that I'm hurt and looking at the other person. But you were deceiving too. What you sow comes back to you. Mother Hopper used to say, the way that you sow it is more than what you're going to get in the end. And a seed brings up many sprouts out of the ground. It says, I have done this just as you told me. Please arise and sit and eat of my game that your soul may be blessed. That your, this is, that your soul may bless me. But Esau said to his father, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? See, this is what I want to talk about. The other son went out and got it and hunted for it like the daddy told him. But see, he didn't. He just ran into the barn and got everything. And, 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 and Esau said, well, how come you done did this so quickly? It doesn't take long for you to plot and plan. But that's something about Satan. He makes that stuff come to pass quick. It's like it manifests overnight. But see, God's plan takes time and maturity. See, that's why when you go and get wine, see the cheap wine, that's what it is, was produced fast. But a good wine is something that's produced over a period of time. And you don't understand because God is the wine and you the vessel. And when he tries to pour that good wine in you, it bursts because you don't put something after before it's time. How are you discerning it? Let's go back. 
And he said, because the Lord, your God, brought it to me. I want to deal with that. Then we put the Lord on it. He's lying and has no fear about putting God on it. And that's why I tell people, you're not even afraid to do the stuff that you're doing. The times is now and the times are coming. People are going to be saying that they're saved. I didn't say born again. And they're going to be doing all kind of things. Huh? And they don't understand what the consequences of what they're doing. But sometimes God gave you, he left you his word. He done told you what it's going to be. And the consequences and the judgment is coming because you have desecrated God and the temple. And you don't understand. Your temple is a living sacrifice. Holy before God. And you doing things and not reserving the Lord's death until he comes. And God is looking for you and all he sees is a nasty temple. Over a lie, over your feelings, over your emotions. We put God on so much things and we're discerning wrong because we got our wants and our needs on what you feel that you want right now. God knows the best time to bless you. God knows the best time to bring you out. God knows what he's doing, but yet you don't have faith to understand who you say that you serve. And then we get in trouble with God. And we don't understand what God is saying and what God is doing in this hour. And this is what the church is. They're so blinded. They're so in a place that they don't even understand what is happening, what is going on. And then you're trying to sit there and trying to understand, well, God, why are these things happening to me? You got to understand something, why some people's lives are hard. You got to look and see the root of it behind it. Everything ain't a generational curse. This is some things that you're doing because the word of God said the children will not pray for the father's sins. Some of this stuff is us doing, and you got to go through the process, and you crying and whining and blaming and mad at God. And that's another thing that's going to come out in this season, is that people are going to be mad at God, but yet they did not hear the voice of God. And they, everybody, you know, we don't want to blame ourselves for what we've done wrong. We always like to blame somebody else. But you got to understand what is going on. How do you discern it? How are you really looking at it? Are you using good judgment when it's coming down to the temple of the Most High God? You say that you're saved, but yet you don't do nothing according to the Word of God because you done made your own doctrine. And that's the same as witchcraft. And we don't understand what God is saying. You can go to Jeremiah 2 and 19, but if you don't, he says your own wickedness will correct you and your backsliding will reprove you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God. You got to understand something. And the fear of me is not in you, says the Lord of God of hosts. You need to understand something. We're going to have to pay for some of this stuff that we've done. You better get back to the old landmark. You better call on the God, Lord God of your salvation. You got to be born again. Some of you like Nicodemus in the nighttime trying to find God. He said, I'm sitting here waiting for you. I'm not in no darkness no more. He went down to Hades for three days and three nights. He took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Why are you still in darkness? Why are you still in Lodabar? You got to understand something. The next season God is going to put Ichabod on the door. You better understand. Ichabod is going to be written across your heart and your forehead. You need to understand. How are you discerning it? God's going to do whatever he's got to do to get you in the place. Come on in now. While the table is spread. 
while you're sitting there trying to make your own table. Let him put the dishes out. Let him put the fine linen out, the fine china. His blood that was shed on Calvary for your sins. But we make our lives hard. We make the things that we go through. God could have worked the miracle, but you got out of place that you couldn't even receive the miracle. If we would have just waited on him. We need to see what God is doing. He want to talk about your family. <laughs> it was in the Bible before your family was even thought of. We need to examine ourselves closely with the word of God. We want to know why these things are happening or coming upon us. The saints should not be sick. We should not be going through half the stuff that we're going through. The saints shouldn't be under such scrutiny, such pain, such loss. And we're sitting here trying to find God and hear a word from God, but there's no word. Is it God has shut up heaven or you have turned your heart over to something else that you're serving and you got your own private altars in the darkness, the dark places of your life. You got to see and understand what you're doing. You got to come clean with God. If you cannot come clean with God, you got to continue to lie to yourself. You got to continue to lie to others. You got to understand something. Rebecca had a lying spirit anyhow. And how she roped it in. Because it all started from her. Scheming and plotting. Verse 21. Genesis 27 and 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may fill you with my hands. He's looking. Let me, let me touch you. How are you discerning it? How are you discerning it? See, a lot of times, you know, we're walking around in life and, and we are feeling things. We're feeling a way through life. We're feeling it through here, feeling it through that. God ain't never tell you to feel your way through life. We walk by faith. Leading and depending on God. But we're feeling our way through life. Jacob, look at what he's doing to his brother. Some of you done went through hardships in your home. But they don't make it what they done right. But you still have to follow what God is telling you. Let's go on down. He said, I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Esau, his father. And he felt him and said, the voice of Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his 
brother Esau hands. So he blessed him. I want to talk about you, your, your, about feeling your way. I want to talk to you about you discerning naturally, but you're not discerning spiritually. Even though he heard the voice, but yet he went by what he felt. But that's the way we do. We hear God, but we're going by what we feel it and seeing or what's presented to us. And we're missing God and we're blessing the wrong person. Jacob did not trust what he was hearing, but he trusted what he was feeling. This walk is by faith, not feeling or emotions, leading us wrong. What is governing our feelings? Self. Alice Crawley, one of his major things, he said, do what thou want. But when you're born again, you can't do what you want. You have to do what God is telling you to do in spite of what it looked like, in spite of what you're feeling and discerning. Faith being matured is faith that is not seen. If I can see it, it's not faith. And it's being matured in us. Every trial, every round takes us higher and higher. But because we have stepped away from God and allowed that technology to drive you crazy. We're addicted to the flesh. We're addicted to the wrong things. I think one of the things when I was looking at, listening to God's generals, I think they said Smith Wiggleworth, all he listened to was the word, of, that he didn't listen to nothing else, no newspaper, all he listened to was just the word of God. That's all he did was just read the word of God. Oh, but that's boring. Because you're always desiring something. You're always looking for excitement, thrill, gratification. I'm going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. My God. You got to see what we're doing. If he's my God, let him be your God. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through the thought. Excuse me, through and through. And says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sanctify you through and through. My God, are we allowing God to sanctify us? Are we allowing the peace of God to overtake us? That's why we go to church and we got the praise and worship. Why is it that you're going home and there's no physical change? Because it's only in your flesh. But we have not digested God and the word to go down enough and produce perfect works in us. And Paul talks about that. Where's the perfect work being perfected in us? 
How are you discerning it? How are you using a good judgment? But we want to blame, point fingers at what we did wrong. But even when you recognize it, don't stay there. Get up! Because he lives. But we don't want to do that. Galatians 5 and 16 and 17, I want to read this to you. Walking in the spirit. I say then, walk in the spirit that you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We fulfilling it left and right. Anything that we feel what we want to do. And the atmosphere and what is in the word, the world now is do what thou want. Do what you want. Hey, this is your life fulfilled. Do whatever you want. But it's never lining up with the will of God. And Satan is trying to take the massive down to hell with him. And hell was not for the believer. And the church has taken on that stigma. And you're still not happy. Because you're fulfilling the lust of your flesh. And there's no peace. There's no sanctification. There's no walking it out. And we want to know why our spirit and our soul and our body is not being satisfied. And to me, one of the worst things in the earth is for you to spend your life in, in Jesus Christ and you're still in a place that you're miserable. You're not happy. Everything gets you down. There's no maturity. And the thing about it is, come back, backslider. You don't even want to come back. But you walk into church and act like you, you saved and you're so far away from God and you want to know why the spirit of God is jumping and moving all around you except inside of you because you have not gotten a repentant spirit. How are you discerning it? Are you using good judgment? Are you properly discriminating or making determinations? You're making determinations out of your, out of your flesh. God don't care about the flesh. It's the spirit. We need to sit back now. Shut down everything and then wait on God. When I first started praying in this church, two weeks, Miss Hazel, before I heard the voice of God, two weeks, it was dry as a bone up in here. But I stayed the course. It's not the one that runs at the fastest, the one that endures. And people are not enduring. They don't have no overcoming power. If you just endure one thing, guess what? The overcoming power will come in the next day instead of you saying, oh, I made it through that day. Oh, God, I got to face another day. You're not enduring hardships as a good soldier. No one in listening to this race turns his back. Put your hands on the plow and look back. You're worse than an infidel. You're trying to plow through. Till up the foul grounds of your heart. That God can lay a fresh foundation. He's after the heart. He wants you in heaven with him. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. Galatians 5 and 17. 
for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Let's deal with that. That you wish. You need to stop lying on the devil. This is what you want to do. God, I'm guilty. <laughs> I wanted to do it. And I did it. You can't save nobody. They got to want to be saved themselves. All of you out there trying to save everybody, and you can't even save yourself. We closer to the end times. You got just enough strength. He said, if I don't shorten the days, even the very lack will be deceived. How can you take on all of this pressure you've been taking on for years? Come on. But we got to endure. We got to discern things the right way. You got to hear the voice of God. And I'm going to close it up in Genesis. 27 chapter. Twenty-three, And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Then he said, you are really my son, Esau. And he said, I am still lying. And he said, bring it near to me that I will eat of my son's gain so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Esau said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. Judas. It comes a time when you're so full of your flesh, you have no conscience of what you're doing. A lot of times you don't understand and come to repentance until after you go through the storm, then you can look back and see what you really done. Because while you're doing it, you don't care about nothing. Be honest with yourself. That's the mentality you have. And anybody speak up or come against anything that you're saying, you get mad because you Judas. You're taking on that character. So when you're operating in the spirit, other than the spirit of what Christ has ordained you to have, you take on that whole persona from head to toe. Why do you think you could just tell Satan to get out of your body anytime you want? That's why it's deliverance. That's why it got to be cast out. And a lot of times, if you got the devil in you, Satan is not, Bezibur can't cast out himself. That's why you need a man or woman of God to cast it out. But we say we don't believe in deliverance. And that's one of the reasons that the church is full of demonic powers now. We want to say that's old and God don't do that, but yet it's in New Testament. We need to understand what we are partaking of. He says in the Bible, in the New Testament, he said, you're just like your father, Satan, the devil. But it was not in God's plan for us. How are you discerning it? We got to come back to the fold. We got to come back into the original purpose that God has for us. If you don't, you're going to miss it. 
And he gave this to us freely. And look at what we're doing. We're not recognizing, we're not taking what he's doing seriously. We take these things for granted. But the word of God told us that the Gentiles are going to squash with what God has given them. He's in the process now of gathering the Jews back together. But what we were given freely, we didn't have to work for. You're squandering it. Look at what is happening now. Look at the world. There's so many people leaving God now. That have been saved for years. It took Corona to separate them. Was it really there? Some churches was just a fashion show. Some churches was just a social gathering. Somewhere down the line, we lost the true discernment. We gave up on God. But God is still not giving up on us. Romans 1 and 19, it says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. You can come here to Romans 9. 10 through 12, if you want to. I'm reading for the NIV version. Not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, it says in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls. She was told. The older shell will serve the younger. But I leave you with this. God does not need no help. He is God all by himself. God would have brought it to pass his way, but she stepped in it. Just like Sarah stepped in it. Just like all of us stepped in it. How are you deserving it? I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.